Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico. If you've had a paranormal or a spiritual experience or you want to come on and talk about something unconventional, whether that be conspiracy theory or alternate history, alternate health practices, things of that nature, send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or find me on Instagram and send me a message there at upstate underscore unconventional. Uh, with that being said, today I have a special guest. It's Mr. Colorado Dank. He's been making his rounds on a lot of different podcasts. Uh, my buddy Matt from The Great Deception introduced me to him a while back. I've been following his Instagram page. He posts a lot of interesting stuff there. And uh, I, I highly recommend everyone go follow him on Instagram at Colorado underscore Dank 99. He, a uh, lot of interesting posts. Uh, not going to give too much away just go follow him uh, and you'll see Uh, i actually you know i heard him on a few other podcasts talking about things with like graphene and other stuff but i heard him on two podcasts uh my friend dave at the red pill cartel and my friend ghost uh, my third eye podcast and he was talking about some dreams and paranormal experiences he had so that was right up my alley and uh contacted him and yeah he he's got a lot of interesting paranormal experiences uh i didn't go too much into the ones he talked about on the other podcast but he's got some interesting stories dealing with magic uh or people that you know practice magic around him Uh, and we talked about dreams and everything and you know it's really cool conversation uh he did tell me at the beginning that he only had about an hour to talk and you know we had to cut it a little short so it does end a little abruptly but uh i'm definitely gonna have him back on because i felt like we were just getting started with uh talking about the dreams and kind of breaking down the meanings and stuff behind them but yeah this is a fun episode guys i really hope you enjoy it and definitely go follow him on instagram at colorado underscore dank 99 and uh enjoy the show Hey folks, quick disclaimer. Um, I had lost my voice before recording this episode, so my apologies in advance, Uh, but here's a fun drinking game. Let's count how many times Nico's voice cracks during this recording. All right, enjoy the episode, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. Tonight I have a very special guest. I have Mr. Colorado Dank. Uh, my friend Matt from The Great Deception introduced me to this guy, and uh, I've been following his Instagram page since probably about July, August, and he posts some incredible stuff, just eye-opening things that, to a normal person that's not into the conspiracy world, uh, it, it was just mind-blowing, mind-melting stuff. But uh, Mr. Colorado, Dank, how are you tonight? Doing good, man. Uh, thanks for welcoming me on. Thank you for your audience. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I see you um, every once in a while. I see your, see your post as well. I try to listen to when I can. But, you know, I, as I've spoken on a lot of other podcasts, I do real estate, so I really don't have a lot of opportunities to listen in like I'd like to. I know, man. Since starting the show, like, I used to listen all day, every day. Now I'm doing a little bit of different work, and it's like I got to be real selective with the podcast I listen to because I get maybe like an hour at night <laughs> to listen yeah. to something. But, uh, yeah, you've had... um had some interesting uh 
dreams and things I've heard you talk about on other podcasts. And yeah. we were just kind of chatting beforehand and you said it's hard to because I, I have this problem, too. It's hard to explain a lucid dream to someone that's never experienced mm -hmm. it before. Right. When it's so real that you can like see the pores on someone else's face when you can feel the sweat, you know, on your forehead. And I, I've had a lot of sleep paralysis and stuff like that, too. But um, yeah, I just uh, have you introduce yourself real quick and then uh, talk about when was like the first paranormal experience you would say you ever had? Oh, man. Uh, like uh, two or three. I sleepwalk, uh, have uh, very uh, lucid dreams where I'm completely awake. But most of the ones when I was younger, I would be running. Uh, there would be this person in the sky above me. I had never turned around to look, but it was almost like it was just a voice. And I'm running and running and running down this, this pig trail pathway in the woods, uh, almost like I'm running from wolves. And I would have the dream recurring over and over and over. And, um, and sometimes, you know, I'd wake up. And those were usually the times where I would sleepwalk. I'd wake up and, you know, I, I would I would be in the bed, but then my mom would say that she's like, uh, she saw me walking around the house. She's talking to me, but like, I'm just still going wherever I was going, whether I'm, I'm literally, I would go and get food and eat at night. And I would never have recollection of this. I mean, I, I was young, four or five. It went on for a while. I think they stopped uh, around, I would say around the time I started uh, getting older, around seven, eight, nine. In that area, I stopped sleepwalking and stuff like that. Uh, the dreams, they come in phases when I have them. Um, like, I'll, I'll go years without having any dreams, really. Nothing, um, not, not, a, not a lucid dream, just like dreams that don't make sense. You wake up, you forget them. Um, but when I have the lucid dreams, they stick with me. I can remember them. Even right now, I can literally remember them. The ones I had when I was three um, on up. I mean, they, they don't go away. I can, I can recall them at a moment's notice and tell you every single detail. And that's, that's what I call the lucid dream. Um, yeah. It's almost uh, like it's running into my brain. Yeah, I, and I would describe it the exact same way. Because um, we all have dreams. You wake up, you're like, oh, that was weird. And then you forget about it. Yep. These, these ex I call them experiences because they, they happened. You know what I mean? Like they, I can tell you verbatim, I've told them multiple times and it's, it's, it's crazy. I'll never forget these lucid dreams I had. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, but back to the sleepwalking thing, my brother sleepwalk would sleepwalk. He did it a few times when he was little and my son actually did it once or twice. And it was terrifying because he's just like not there, you know what I mean? And he would have night terrors and we try to wake him up and he'd be screaming and like moving around and stuff. And it's just like, there's nothing you can do to like get him out of that phase. And you just have to kind of make sure he doesn't hurt himself and go from there. But that kind of stopped when he was around two. But um, what was the, I've had dreams where I've been running. I've had dreams where I've been flying. I've had um, a big thing for me with the dreams is I'm always in a place that's, it's like, I know the whole history there. I know where I'm at in the dream world. I couldn't tell you where it is here. It's nowhere I've ever been in the real world, but it's one of the more recent ones is this like university. It's some kind of college. It's a big white building. It's got red carpets everywhere. 
And I've been in this place six or seven times in very lucid dreams that and, and so I'm always does it, so let me ask you real quick, does it happen exactly the same each time? It almost <clears throat> sorry, my voice is uh <laughs> it's dying right now. But um it happens like I'll be in a different dream, something that's like semi-lucid. I'll remember bits and pieces of it, but then I snap in and I wake up and I'm in this, or I become conscious. I shouldn't say I wake up, I become conscious and I'm in this place. And no matter what, there's some type of task I need to do, whether it's I need to get to a certain room, whether it's I need to go take a test, whether it's I got to meet someone in a specific hallway, but I know how to navigate this building in the dream world, but I have no clue where it is. It's like you have a mission inside the dream. You know what it is. You don't know why you know what it is, but um, you have no reason how that knowledge, where it comes from or anything. So I've had dreams where, so when I have my dreams, I don't just all of a sudden wake up. It's like, I'll lay down. It's like, I don't even blink my eyes. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I should say it like this. When I lay down, you know, some most people, they have to lay down and it takes a minute to go to sleep. Whenever I go into a lucid dream, as soon as my eyes shut, I, it's like I'm in that dream. And I, yeah. I start looking around. I'm like, whoa, like what's going on? And uh, it doesn't matter if I fall asleep for like five minutes. I'm in that dream. It feels like for hours. Like it, uh, I, know, I know exactly what's going on. I'm self-aware. I'm looking around. Uh, I'm talking to people. I, I, I know everything. And I don't know. I don't even know how I'm carrying on these conversations. It's just, it's, it's like, I'm just there for the dream. Yet I'm awake. I can, I can move on my own. I can, I can touch things. I can touch people. Um, I can talk to them. Um, and like I said, uh, when I wake up the next morning, I recall every single thing. Um, almost, it's almost like I don't want to leave the dream because I'm, I'm on a mission. And then if something shakes me and I wake up, it's like, it's like being, it's, it's, it's like almost like I lose my breath. You know what I mean? Because I'm being sucked out of the world. Yeah, um, was... I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's, well, I don't know where this dream state is, but it doesn't feel, if it feels like it's future tense. Um, like it's, like it hasn't happened yet, um, but it's a message that's being given to me, uh, if yeah. that makes sense. It does. And I was going to ask you, um, when you're in these dreams, is it, are you seeing through the first person or the third person? I'm seeing through myself. I'm, I'm oh, the first awake. person. Yeah, I'm awake. I'm first person. Um, I usually, the, whenever I go into a lucid dream, first thing I do is like, <sighs> like that, and then I'm, I then I start looking around and I'm like, whoa! I mm -hmm. start touching. I start. I look down at my clothes. I, I touch everything. It's real, and then the mission starts. I, I start. Uh, I have somewhere I'm going. I don't know where I'm going um exactly but i know i know i'm going somewhere and i'm on a mission um whether it be whether it be uh like the last the last dreams i've had where um the last one that i recall was last january i think i spoke about this on the third eye um but i i went downstairs and literally i laid down i don't even know if i fell asleep but i went into this dream state where I was all of a sudden I'm running upstairs with a 12 gauge in my hands, which at that time I didn't own. And I'm yelling at everyone. I'm telling everyone, they're all like freaked out. They don't know what to do. Everyone's got anxiety. And I'm telling them like, move away from the windows. And um, I'm on a mission. I know everything that's going on. I know that, that, that we're, we're dealing with, uh, we're under lockdown. 
um, it's almost like martial law. I run out, I run out, then all of a sudden I see, uh, I'll go through, through my sister's, my, 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 my fiance's sister's room, which overlooks the street. And uh, I see military rolling up and they're going to the door, uh, next door. And I'm, my heart's pounding. Like, I mean, I can't even explain how, how I'm feeling at this time. But I know that uh, I, have to, I have to finish my mission. I have to protect the, the people that I'm with. Um, I was ready to die in the dream. It was so crazy. Um, I, I ran out. I saw them execute our neighbors. I ran out. I said, hey, everybody, just, just get back. Just get back. Um, they're coming. When, when they come to the door, just don't say anything. And then I, I propped up. Uh, on the ground with my 12 gauge at the door and then as soon as the door kicked in I, sh I pulled the trigger and I woke up and I was probably I asked my girls like how long was I asleep she's like you just went downstairs and you came right back up like it was very fast not even five minutes but I, when I was in that dream I was in there for like 30 minutes you know what I mean it was like it was a deep dream I was having anxiety but when I woke up when I woke up I just went upstairs and I told my girl the dream and uh well, we, it's, I told her the dream. She she's know, knows my dreams. Uh, when I have the certain ones that we need to be aware. And um, this is pre-lockdown. And I, I start, so I started doing research. Um, I already knew a little bit about the uh, COVID. Um, I didn't think it was going to blow up the way it did. But when I had the dream, I woke up and I had all this knowledge that I don't know where it came from. I was like, we're about to be under. <clears throat> I thought it was like, this is coming over here. Um, there's gonna be millions of that die. I don't know how they're gonna die, but it's it's gonna be um, these lockdowns are coming or whatever. And it's crazy because we've never seen lockdowns before. Right. And then sure enough, like two months later, they're starting to talk about lockdowns and all this stuff. So so we were already ready. We were ready in February. We had you know rice. We had everything before they even started really talking about it. Yeah. Now there's a few things I want to break. It's fascinating that you had that and. Um... I know the feeling because one of the most profound uh, dreams I had ended in sleep paralysis, but I was completely exhausted and I, I fell asleep like instantly. Anytime it takes me forever to fall asleep. I'm a night owl. I'll be up mm -hmm. to two o'clock in the morning. No problem. But as soon as if I sit down or lay down and my head hits that pillow and I'm just out, it's like the way I can exp uh, explain it is like airplane turbulence. You just kind of, you feel yourself kind of hover out and then you're gone. Yeah. And you're just, you're in, exactly. in the space, you're in this uh, world, you know, and like you said, you know, everything you need to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I've had, most of them are pretty just mundane. You know, I'm, I've had some wild ones where I've been on like military expeditions and we've been fighting bugs. It's very bizarre, but um those ones i i remember them very vividly and whatnot but they always end either with me being attacked or something you know someone in our group dying almost like if if one of the members in the group died it's like a video game reset and i wake up you know but mm -hmm. um <clears throat> i had one I'll, I'll talk about mine in a second but um i wanted to ask you have you ever experienced sleep paralysis accompanied with any of these dreams so can you explain what your perception of that that term is just so sleep, i know sleep paralysis so i've had it since i well i don't get it too much anymore if i do it's uh, it's usually something important but um it's when 
you wake up from a dream and you are in your usually in your bed sometimes the room is completely pitch black and you like blacker than black but uh your mind is conscious and awake and you know you're laying down but you can't you can't move and you can move your eyes you can breathe but sometimes like for me i've experienced shadow beings in the room either in the corner or they feel like they're on my chest holding me down like to the point where i can't breathe and uh, so i would say I would say when I was younger, mm-hmm. I think I, I'd mention, I didn't mention this part, but um, I think there's different levels to it. So whenever I was younger, yes, I had sleep paralysis. I would have to say that's probably what it was. Um, I would picture, I would feel, it's almost like I could feel the presence of these, uh, these spirits and they would sit in the four corners of the room that I was in. And I would almost get, I would almost get to where I could, it was hard to breathe. I couldn't really move. I don't know if it was fear or what it was, but the second that I could finally break free, I'd run to my mom's room. You know what I'm saying? Like out of fear. And this is like when I, like I said, when I was young, like three years old, uh, four years old around that time, uh, it, it went on for a couple of years, but then, it, like I said, it stopped. But when I have the dreams now, it's not, um, it, it, it's not like that. Like when it, once I come back into my body, Cause that's how it kind of feels. It, it almost feels like I, I, I go into an astro plane or something like yeah. an astral projection of myself. And it's like, uh, almost like there's something warning me of events that are about to, to take place. And it's up to me to, to, to solve the puzzle. And so I can kind of fix it. And, uh, it's, it's a full-time job trying to break down dreams. I mean, it's, it's not easy. It is. Um, I'm still, I'm still working on one from 2013, trying to figure out the <laughs> significance of it, but do you ever feel out of breath when you when you come back in, like your heart's racing, things like yeah. that? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Especially when my house is burning, that one was intense. Um, it was the same kind of feeling like when I was young, when I was about um, three, four, right in that that range, um, just being terrified, um, heart racing. Um, when I would come back out of those dreams, though. See, I lived with I lived with people that practiced uh, divination, scrying, stuff like that. White they called it white magic, um, but I I never really took place into any of that stuff. But I feel like that made my dreams more potent or something, because at that time that's when I actually had the dreams to where it was so real I would bring back stuff. Like I could smell the smoke on myself. Um, I mean I wouldn't have like markings on my clothes or anything like that but i would have i would bring back like scents and stuff like that yeah. um like with the fort with, with when house was on fire i smelled like a house fire and i didn't know what that smelled like until it happened and now I've, I've been through two house fires but but that one in particularly um was the first one and i'll never forget that that smell of that wood and the chemicals from the, from the stuff in the house um being on my clothes you know and I'd smell it and I was like this is not cigarette this isn't weed smoke like it was it was wood like I was in a at a bonfire almost how old were you when you had that dream I was I want to say 17 right around 17 18 when I had that one and that was the first one of of the of that time of dream of lucid dream and uh, I didn't have paralysis or nothing like that I I I pass pass out then all of a sudden it's like I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to explain, honestly. Um, it's like my it's like I feel energy differently, like uh, a heightened sense almost. 
like I could feel it uh, pulsing through my, my veins and hair standing up on my arms. Um, I could feel everything around me. I knew everything that was going on. It was like, you know, and around, even when I was little, like I, I felt a little bit different, but after, after the, I started having these experiences, I kind of brought it back with me. So then when I came back from these dreams, I would start feeling like when somebody'd walk in the room, I could feel their energy, like what kind of mentality they have. You know, I could, I could sense things. I could mm-hmm. sense like, hey, I need to get out of here. You know, yeah. almost, like a, almost like I was developing a different type of intuition. Yeah, I don't know if it's not- because I was passing over through my age or something like that, but, but I, I, become, I started becoming self-aware of my dreams at that point. Yeah. And it sounds to me like, are you familiar with the term empath? No, I'm not. <laughs> what is okay. It so <laughs> I, I've been called an empath now by like four different people. And my, I'm still learning, you know, but my understanding is you pick up on people's energies. Like, how do you do in a crowded room? Like, what is. Oh, it freaks me out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You I mean, get like anxiety better. almost. Yeah. And, certain anxiety and I start it's it's like I feel a different type of energy coming over me Mm -hmm. when certain people would walk in the room yeah Um, so it's the same for me man like if I walk into a place someone sketchy or something walks by me I can feel it you know what I mean my skin will literally crawl and it's almost like you feel a negative pressure come over you exactly and I've actually seen this has only happened twice but I've seen people's auras before and it's it's bizarre man because like you you second guess yourself you're like what am i looking at here but i've literally seen someone with like a greenish black aura around them and dude my skin was crawling the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up i like could not get out of there quick enough and it was just in like a walmart i've never seen anything like that not yet anyway (laughs) maybe it'll come maybe it'll be down the road but it's just so interesting because i would say this started happening when i was like all of this really started happening when I was about 11. And that's when we moved into this uh, new house at the time. And this house, I'm not going to say it was haunted, but there was a lot of negative energy there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. Like, I don't like saying haunted. Like my brother did see what he called a ghost in his bedroom of a woman, an older woman. And uh, it was later confirmed because we knew the grandkids of the people we bought the house from that the great grandmother lived there and died in his room. And that's creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. I never saw her, but uh, his room was at the end of the hallway. It was a raised ranch. And dude, it, it was like a black hole walking down that hallway. It was only like a 12 foot hallway, but is it, cold? is it like cold, like a cold sensation, cold, dark. It, uh, it's almost like, like it was like vignetted, you know what I mean? Like you could see the end of the hall. There was a little closet there, his door, then the bathroom was on the other side. And then it was my door. And, you know, at night you'd have to like go to the bathroom, whatever. Like if I took one step past the bathroom door, it was like, you just, you froze up. It was like, don't go down there. So like, he didn't sleep in there a lot, you know, like he started sleeping out in the living room and stuff like that, because it was just such a weird negative vibe in this house. And um, it's just interesting that you said that, you know, people were practicing magic in your house because <clears throat> I'm still on the fence with magic, whether it can be good or not, you know, I, uh, I, I, I personally do not believe it is of good. 
Um, Lucifer will come as an angel of light. So therefore we must always be ready for, for some something like that. So I'll tell this story because I I probably shouldn't just, I don't want to name drop, um, but just, so when, I was going th- when I was going through middle school, high school, so I, I knew this, this chick that I ended up living with and uh, we were friends or whatever. And I had no idea that, you know, they were into that kind of stuff. They were, um, they were of Mexican descent from uh, California. And, uh, you know, so their family came well, from around the Santeria area where they practiced uh, Santeria. In case people don't understand what that is, it's uh, ritualistic magic where they do sacrifices and stuff like that of goats and other things uh, for, for bringing good into their life. Um, so anyway, so they didn't practice the dark magic of, of that. They, they practiced what they call the white magic. So like love magic. And they, they would um, do divination through like card, tarot card readings and reading uh, regular, just regular numerical cards with, uh, you know, like we play cards with, mm-hmm. like poker and stuff. Um, they would use, uh, they didn't use Ouija boards or anything like that. I never saw them do that, but the way that I found out that they were using magic, because I told you, I feel like energies and stuff like that, even, even at that age, I just, I wasn't self-aware of it at that time. I just knew that I had an intuition or whatever. And so it felt weird, you know? Yeah. I could feel, I could feel it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just could feel it. It's hard to explain this to to people that maybe don't feel that yet. I think we're all capable of it, or at least, at least most of us. I don't know if it's because, of um, me being close to all these people um, throughout my child or uh, throughout my life or whatever, but I've always had like this sixth sense of knowing knowing when somebody doesn't mean well or, or if someone's kind, I could I could kind of tell without even talking to them, just their their demeanor just by them walking around me, like I was saying earlier, like, kind of like their aura, I guess you would say, I, although I didn't see colors or anything like that, um, but I never would discredit because who who am I? I mean, look at the stuff I'm talking about. Um, so, um, so, anyways, to get started. So, in middle school, um, it was nothing. We were all cool. We were friends. We'd hang out, stuff like that. So, as we got into high school, uh, the people that we were friends with in middle school, like I know who liked who, who didn't like who. Well, this dude despised this girl. Like he just couldn't stand her. Like she's she wasn't pretty to him or anything like that. And she's like, I wish she'd leave me alone, kind of thing. Well, one day all of a sudden he changes and I noticed a change in him. Like he wasn't himself anymore. And he started becoming more psychotic, like in love with this girl. And he would get like, almost like he was going through a psychosis. He didn't want me anywhere around her. I was like, dude, she's my friend, man. I've, I've never had sexual relationship with her. Like the three years, four years I've known her, why would I, why would I start now? And, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't break friendships. That's a, that's something you don't do. You don't break friendships by going into a sexual relationship because then that puts pressure on it. So I, I asked her one day, I was like, what, what, what's going on? I was like, why is, uh, I was like, what'd you do to him? Why, why is he acting this way? Like, he's, there's something different, different in his eyes. I, I could sense it. Like, he, his demeanor's changed. Like, I could feel like something else was there. It wasn't him, almost like he was possessed by something. And, uh, She's like, Jay, I'm going to tell you, we, we were, I think we were high at this time. I smoked with her and she's like, okay, okay. She's like, I'm going to tell you, I, I put a love spell. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, what I did was I take, I got a piece of his hair one day when we were hanging out 
I got his picture. That's because I remember she was trying to get his picture that one day. I couldn't figure out why. She got his picture. She had. She said she did a circle of white candles. There was a certain um, number. I can't remember what the number of the white candles were and what the significance of it was. But she said she sat in the middle of it. I don't know if she drew out a sigil. I don't think she said anything about that. I don't recall anyways. Um, she said she lit the candles. She put the picture in front of the candle. She took his hair, did something with it. I can't recall. But she had a mantra that she said, and it was about him falling in love with her. But the thing was, she said, you have to be careful because these spells, they magnify. And when they magnify, they can they usually will turn around you. So if you point one finger, at, th think about pointing a finger at someone, you have like three fingers pointing back at you. It's a magnification uh, three times back at you. She's like, so you have to be careful when you do it. She's like, you have to make sure that you you want to be with that person because if it's for selfish reasons and stuff like that she says it can come back at you really bad and it was selfish reasons so so anyway she ended up having to break the spell she was freaking out because of the way he was acting so she started freaking out it, it reminded me of the love potion number nine i was talking to my patriot about that the other day because I, I i uh i thought he would definitely understand that but um yeah it was just like that like he was in a psychosis man i'll never forget that honestly like it was it was eerie the creepy the, the the feeling that i had when i was around him it was like he would almost kill somebody for her you know what i mean just just talking to her so like he was possessed yeah it was like he was possessed so she started freaking out she's like i gotta break the spell i don't remember how she said she broke the spell but then all of a sudden he didn't like her anymore it was weird and she was freaking out because she her her mom was the one teaching her all this magic so then i started finding out that her mom was like a real like witch she was she was the one teaching them and they were like witches and um i didn't care about it i mean it didn't change who they were i just told her I was like man you got to stop messing with that stuff I was like it's going to come back at you you will have a repercussion she's like i know jay but i can't stop she like had a, a weird like love uh love for for guys it was weird I, I can't explain it but then it's the, i started started seeing that the magic was affecting her too so then she started like going into like a weird state of mind it, it was just it was weird bro i'll never forget it but uh there, this next guy that she put the spell on that she wanted because if she wanted someone to fall in love with her she would put a spell on them and uh make them fall mad in love with her well this next guy I told her is like you need to be careful this dude that you're hanging around is like, I feel like there's something bad is going to happen. Like, this is bad news. Well, one day I told her, I, I was, uh, I told her, I was like, you know what? Um, I don't think you should hang out with him today or whatever. She's like, why? I was like, I don't know. I just got a feeling you should listen to me. She's like, I know Jay, I know Jay, but, but uh, we're just going to go hang out. We're just going to go hang out. I was like, all right. I was like, all right, man, if you don't want to listen to whatever happens up to you. She's like, um, I get a phone call six o'clock um i forgot what the time what what time of the year this was but i got a phone call they had a they got t-boned and she was paralyzed paraplegic after that so the spells came back on him um yeah. and it was with that dude that and then after that and then after that yeah and then after that he what he was the one using her and she was mad in love with him so that's what I mean by the spell flipped on her and mm -hmm. she ended up becoming mad in love with him and she was paraplegic and he started dissing her because of it. And so that's that's something that that's that's what I would call three times or maybe more coming back at you. 
That's why I don't believe, after watching and witnessing that, I don't believe there is good magic. And it, it does say that in Deuteronomy chapter 18, I believe, that we should not mess with this, these things because it's unclean for the spirit. You know? Right. And it's, uh, you know, there is spiritual discernment and everything, but I just feel like the average person could not make that discernment. Like you said, you know, how do you know what you're inviting into your home? What do you, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's one of those things just kind of stay away from, but I, I mean, I've met witches too, that, you know, they just want to heal people, but <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. it's interesting. That's crystal healing, man. That's crystal healing. That's wicked magic as well. So, mm -hmm. um, anything you, oh, sorry, any, anything that you, anything that you ask of the spiritual world is, you have to think about it like this. It says that the only way to the father is through the son. If you're not going through the son, who are you talking to? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. who, who, who are, who's on the other side of that, of that mirror? Who's on the other side of those cards? Who's on the other side of that Ouija board? It's not, it's not a true angel of light. It's a false image of light. That's the way that I look at it. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. So when I get back to, to the story, so when I, when I was living with them, things were kind of weird. So I did see magic firsthand. I saw that it does work. It sometimes, you know, doesn't work how you want it to. But um, when I was in when I was in Arizona, I think they were doing a lot of it. I think it was a little stronger the the magic they were doing, and because uh, that's whenever the the dreams they were getting like almost making me nauseous, like almost making me sick. So that's when I started coming back home. I was thinking, man, I'm just getting I'm just getting uh, homesick. But I was like, there's something going on. Something's wrong. And then I get a call from my brother saying, hey, man, you you got to come back home, man. Like. The family's breaking up. You got to come back home. I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, dad's, uh, you know, pretty much cheating on, on mom. You got to come back home and, you know, you need, you need to be back here um, to help or whatever. So then I go back there, probably there for like three months. And then uh, we ended up moving out because he wouldn't stop. And then um, we were living in the trailer. And then that's whenever the, the house actually burned down. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, those dreams were real. <laughs> That's whenever I woke up uh, to the fact that those that the dreams I'm having actually have they have uh, they have what is the word they like have, a premonition uh, quality to it yeah you know? yeah like they were actually coming to fruition yeah um <clears throat> so so then I started actually paying attention to the dreams and then like I said around that time that's when I started like actually being able to feel the spirits in the in the place that I was at and uh, I think I spoke about this on the Third Eye podcast but whenever I was in there, I would wake up in the, in the, in the morning, would nobody be home, but I would hear like kids playing and stuff. I could hear them running, bro. That's what would wake me up. I could hear them running the like, you know, how little kids run and stuff. And I would, it would sound like somebody's in the shower, but when I get up, nobody be home, dude, it was, it was weird. And I, when I woke up, I didn't just wake up and start looking, I'd wake up and I'd listen for a minute. And I'm like, what the hell? We don't have kids in the house. And I was like, maybe kids are playing outside or something like that but there's nobody outside there's nobody inside so I, I was kind of picking up on that kind of paranormal activity as well that's when I was like man either I'm going crazy or like this stuff's really happening you know but no I, I believe it was really happening and you know like you said they you don't know what they invited in and like growing up exactly. in this house you know very similar you know my dad had 
some, you know, marital problems later on in life at this house. Right after we moved in too, uh, the whole basement flooded. It was the weirdest thing. Apparently there was no water problems ever in this house. As soon as we moved in, the basement just completely flooded. And uh, just very similar stuff too. Like <clears throat> we would be, I would be upstairs, right? I'd be home alone or I didn't know I was home alone at the time. And I'd hear my dad call me down in the basement. Just be like, Nico, come on down here. And it sounded just like him. And, you know, you'd walk downstairs and there's no one there. Or like he'd be out in the garage or something. And it just, that kind of stuff happened all the time at this place. And it's just so much negative energy. And it's funny, we looked on, my parents moved out of there in 2017. So I lived there from 2000 or 2018, they moved out. But I lived there from 2003 to 2016. And that's when all my sleep paralysis really started happening. And that's when I kind of really, I was always a very sensitive kid. I could always kind of read people and get a vibe off people, but it really picked up around this age for me once we moved into that house. And I don't know if it's just being in that negative environment, it rubs off on you or you can kind of feel, it's hard to explain, but. I know yeah. it's hard to explain, but I know, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Cause I've so, been there. Um, so I, I I actually just recalled, like, while you were talking, I just remembered something. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't talked about this one. Um, so whenever I was about, I think I was probably twelve. I was probably twelve years old. I had a an experience. So we're we're chilling. Uh, we're having a family get together. I had family up from Lake Wells, and uh, I want to say my aunt was in Miami at the time, but she she just came up, I believe. I can't recall everyone was there, but I remember my aunt from Lake Wells were there. Um, I was at my grandparents' house. We were in a trailer. Uh, they had a huge farm, dude. Um, so they had a trailer on like 30 acres, 40 acres, like maybe more than that. It was huge. Anyway, we're, we're chilling there. It's raining all of a sudden. I'm, I'm in the kitchen. We were about to eat some cake or something like that. And um, I remember I had this weird feeling and it, I don't know, like everyone's talking all, all of a sudden I went, I, like everything went almost numb in my body. I turned around and I started staring out the window. And I don't know, I, I, I can't recall everything, but I remember I started staring out the window and all of a sudden the, the rain in front of me began to turn white, like a white wall. And uh, everything started rumbling after that time. A, a twister dropped down on the house, the trailer that we were in. But I turned and I started staring outside like I felt, so I felt the pressure change. I felt everything change around me. So, so that's actually another one. I forgot about that. I actually forgot about that. But yeah, um, yeah, dude, you could, I could actually feel the energy change all around me. And I started telling, I forgot I said something. I said something like to warn people or whatever. And then I started, I was, I started staring out the window and that's when it turned into a white wall and everyone started screaming. And I was still standing there, like I was in a zone or something like that. I remember that shit. Sorry, man. When I, we start talking about this stuff, like I, my brain starts trying, it starts going on its own, trying to recall all this stuff, almost like I'm living back through it. So forgive me. I, it just oh, you're, my you're fine. And I've had stuff like that too. And not on that scale, obviously, but just like I'll oh, see, man, I'll see like yesterday. It's freaky. Yeah. I'll see stuff right before it happens. And I'm like, you know, like, let's say my kids are playing. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to, and then sure enough, the lamp falls that, you know, I see it happening. Maybe that's just being a parent, but that kind of stuff happens 
all the time or like i've seen a car accident happen that i knew was going to happen like the car i saw the car in the rear view mirror i got over and sure enough they like just like smashed into the person in front of us and it was just like i saw that happening you know and it's just it's weird i don't know how to explain that <clears throat> other than just being maybe it's just like being hyper aware but my wife gets annoyed with me sometimes because she's like anytime we go out i'm like constantly looking around like just i, I feel everything you know and she's she's very sensitive to stuff too but it's like I'm looking for exits. I'm looking for who's that guy? What's this? What's that? And she's like, you're paranoid. Calm down. But it's, it's just fascinating, dude. Um, I'll say this one because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't actually talked to anybody about this since it happened. Um, I want to say it was around the age of 14, 13 or 14. I was, I was walking with my brother. We were walking. Um, so we were in, uh, I was in Florida. I was at my grand, my grandma, not my great, my grandparents, but I was at my grandma's house. And I was looking, we were walking back to have a blueberry patch and like uh, ponds and stuff behind our house. We were walking back there uh, to do something. I don't remember what, maybe smoke a cigarette or something like that. But we were walking back there. And uh, as we're walking, this big white dog, it was almost the size of like I would say probably bigger than a Great Dane, but it walked like as we were walking up, it just walked in front of us at the pathway, probably like twenty yards out, and just stood there. And uh, it turned around, looked at us or whatever, but it just stood there. It didn't try to pursue us or anything like that. And then I uh, asked my brother; he didn't recall it. Like after we we both ran back home. And then I started talking to him about it. Like the next day, he did not recall it. Like it never happened. That's so interesting, man, because I had. Yeah, I've never seen that before and I haven't seen it again. But yeah, it was like this big fucking dog. I, and I can't say it wasn't a wolf. It's like nothing I've ever seen before, even to this day. Did it look like a domesticated dog or was it? No, it was wild. It was wild. Yeah. There's no way that was domestic. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> like it was creepy. Like it had a presence. It had a pre like an omnipresence to it. Like you could feel energy coming off of it. So almost like that, it was interdimensional. So I was just gonna say it's almost possibly like a relic from the past, like a glitch in uh, a timeline or something. Because I had something very similar happen, and my my brother and my mother both saw this but they don't remember it the way I remember it. They remembered it at the time, but we, we lived in a kind of small town, but we had a big five acre field in the in front of our house and we would get bear, you know, we're in New York state. We would get black bear once in a while, but they're, they're not that big, you know? And I saw we were, we were pulling out, we were like getting into my mom's car and we were going somewhere and we looked up in the field and there was a, bear it was black and gray it was humongous i mean it looked like like a car sitting out in the field like it was so big and this thing was probably 200 yards away from us and i could see it like perfectly you know its face was all it had like patches of hair missing from its face oh, it, it, it is the weirdest thing i've ever seen it just but at the time we were just like that is a weird that is a humongous bear it's it, it just bizarre and it almost looked like 
like it glitched. I don't know how to explain this properly. Like it, it came out of the, like of the tree line there. It stood in the field, kind of looked up, looked at us, and then it just took off, but then it just kind of vanished. Like, and it, I've never cool. seen something move that fast before. And <clears throat> it's just humongous. I, I, I can't explain how big this thing was. It was unnaturally big. And the same too. I mean, to, to put it in perspective, the pathway was, it was at least six feet. Mm-hmm. And this thing took off every single inch of that. And I mean, it was, it was on its fours and it had to have been at least five feet tall. I mean, four, I would say four and a half to five feet tall on top of it being maybe, maybe, yeah, I'd say about four, five. It, I mean, it, it had to have been five feet dude, <laughs> uh, tall on its fours, man. Um, I, I've never seen anything like this. It was like a grayish color of uh, fur. Mm-hmm. But um, we don't have those kind of animals in that part of Florida, like oh. at all. Like we have little little small brown bears that they stand up. Maybe they're four feet tall, you know, right. but they're brown. Uh, we have bobcats, but you're not going to see them. I mean, that's is it was abnormal, abnormally large. That's wild, man. So it was missing hair from his face. Yeah, it's like was it like so like mane? Yeah, it was like scarred over though. You know, it looked very ancient like that's the only way i can describe it It just looked like a weathered bear like this thing has been through fights this thing was it it was gnarly looking you know and all matted and just just massive and then i mean my mother saw it and she was like that's a huge freaking bear my brother same thing and i asked him about it a couple years ago because it just kind of clicked in my head when i started looking into like other paranormal stuff and like bigfoot and things like that and i remembered this bear and they were like oh yeah we remember seeing it but they didn't remember it being like grayish black. They just remember seeing a bear and it left. And so you start to think like, did I imagine that? But I mean, at the time they were like, that thing is massive. And even my brother was like, what's wrong with its face? You know what I mean? And then they just don't remember it the way it happened. And I I know what you mean. Um, Yeah. Cause that's my brother. My brother's like, what are you talking about? That never happened. I was like, did. I was like, you told me it did. You even were, you were running too. Mm -hmm. Like, like what are you talking about i know exactly what you mean it's almost like we're we were the ones meant to see it but or, or yeah. maybe we i don't know i can't explain it like just like uh i know you probably heard about the uh the alien the, the thing that i saw in the woods that night yeah. where i saw the two uh slender figures walking with the lantern or whatever and then we you know my friend got scared we went out the road or whatever he starts telling himself i didn't see that i didn't see, that didn't happen that didn't happen just you're, you're you're paranoid we're paranoid blah blah it's like i'm not paranoid i know what i saw um like i mean i i, I went still like i went from from drunk drunk to like sober and it was like a surreal moment without even seeing anything just the presence of it and um you know what i'm saying and then we saw the, the spaceship lift out of the woods or whatever the the um, yeah, the triangle. That's crazy. And, it, that, and here's the funny thing about that that experience was uh, it was I always envisioned UFOs being fake and, and but spherical, uh, mm-hmm. like like circular. Yeah. I never knew they were triangles. So I actually I actually uh, started telling myself that maybe I didn't see that. You know, saying if somebody would have seen that already until I was sitting down with my friend's uh, dad watching, he was paraplegic, whatever. He was watching, um, he was watching the History Channel because he was a vet. And all of a sudden the men in black thing came on and they started talking about this black triangle. 
that had uh, had went down in the woods in the small town and all of a sudden the men in black came in and all this stuff and said it had hieroglyphics on it. And I was like, you know what? It was dark. I didn't see hieroglyphics or nothing like that. But it, th- what they showed on the screen looked exactly like what I had saw. It was freaky, you know, because um, I had no idea they were triangles at, at that time. You know, like I was like completely against. I, I was like, that's ridiculous. I, I, I was I was asleep. Anyone that started talking about conspiracies and stuff like that, I was like, oh, you're a tenfold hat wearer. You know, this is like, oh, three. You know what I'm saying? It was you know everyone was asleep then there wasn't a whole lot of people that were awake right and that's that's so fascinating what was the i've heard some people talk about um aliens and they say it's very demonic was it like a demonic presence was it an evil presence that i can't ex- I, I honestly can't explain it uh i'll try so we were we were chilling uh that night we were uh, we were getting lit up and, uh, you know, I was high drunk and um, I was smoking a cigarette. I put it out. I started hearing this. Uh, we were stopped or whatever. I guess he was he was either cutting up a line or rolling. We roll, I think he was cutting up a line or something like that. And um, he asked me if I wanted something. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't even feel high or anything anymore. Um, I went completely sober and like the hairs were standing up on my arm and I had this feeling come over me that was like, it was unreal. I've, I've never felt this feeling even to the day. It was, it was a heightened sense. Yet, I don't know, it's, it's hard. It wasn't, it, it was kind of like a cold feeling, but like, I don't know, man. I, I, it's, it's so hard to explain. Cause I mean, I, the, the, the thing that I remember is I went completely sober i tried smoking a cigarette i couldn't even taste it like it was doing nothing for me so i put it out um i i couldn't i didn't want to drink i didn't want to do anything else you know like usually whenever you're at that level like you stay there like i went completely sober like i mean like i didn't even drink anything that night and then i started hearing the crunching noise and i was like there's something going on he's like you're paranoid because he's still thinking i'm high or whatever and he's like i was like dude i'm not i'm not high like i promise you i'm not high and then that's when I triangulated it, realized it was echoing. But when I looked over there, I'll never forget what I saw that night. There was two uh, two tall, slender creatures walking through the woods with an orange lamp that glowed. It didn't. It wasn't bright. It didn't. It didn't flicker. Nothing. It was just glowing. And uh, one was short. One was tall. But they were both thin. And they were just walking in the woods like it's fucking weird. It's like why are they walking in the woods? I wanted to figure it out before he freaked out and took off. I was like, what, what are they doing? Why are they in the woods? And then whenever we saw them lift off, it's like the amount of shock I had, like neither one of us moved. We didn't take our eyes off of it. And so I don't know if time elapsed. I don't know anything like that. I don't think, I don't think it did, to be honest with you, but we, we both froze. Like it was like we were talking and all of a sudden we, both of our jaws dropped. You know what I'm saying? We both looked over at it. It was and then when it lifted off out of the woods, it was like it had anti-gravity. It, it, there was no thrusters whenever it took off. It literally just almost, it, it just blinked and it was in the stars, bro. I've never seen any, any, anything like that, even on TV shows. It's you know? the most unnatural, natural thing you've ever seen, probably. Uh, well, it's <laughs> something I'll never forget. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> and I, and I. And it's one of those things where it's like, it took me, 
this happened when I was 17. This is before I went to Arizona and started having lucid dreams. Sometimes I even wondered if it's because of that, that I started having the realistic dreams. Um, I don't, I don't know, but, um, I held that stuff in for almost 13, 14, almost 15 years, bro. Cause I was so afraid to tell people. Yeah. So I lived with that. Yeah. I feel you on that because who's going to believe, right. (laughs) Who's going to believe me? Honestly. And the problem with mine, my big one, like I always had the the shadow person in the room that and my parents just said it's a nightmare you know it's just a nightmare it's a nightmare you're just where were they at so usually my bed was like if you walked into the room it would have been the far left hand corner of the room and i would wake up and just because my bed was in the uh top right hand corner of the room so it was facing we had a window there so if I woke up, I was always facing my closet, which was kind of towards that left-hand side. And anytime I would wake up in this sleep paralysis, it would just be this big black mass that was like the room, the lights would be out in the room, but you could still kind of see stuff. But this thing was just like a black hole in there. You couldn't yeah, see cool. through it. And <clears throat> sometimes it, I never saw eyes. I never saw like the hat man that people talk about. A couple times I felt something touch my feet, which freaked me out. And a few, several times it felt like it was like it would be in the corner. And then all of a sudden I'd feel it on top of me. I wouldn't see it move or anything. It was just on top of me. And then I couldn't breathe. Yeah. I made a post about that um, a while back, actually, where there was a demon sitting on a person's chest and it was, they were talking about dream paralysis. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm sorry, lucid dreaming paralysis. Um, or sleep paralysis, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like a demon's on your chest. That's why you have the paralysis. It, you can't breathe. And then uh, that I was talking about it during the time of the astral world. Everyone kept saying they couldn't breathe. And it's just after that George Floyd thing. And it's like, I almost feel like they're getting people ready for demonic possession. They're getting people used to hearing this. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And um, that's what I... Um, that rapper juice world talked about you know saying when he'd go into that sleep paralysis he said it was like a head it it was hard for him to breathe and stuff like that and so that um yeah that's that's wild bro it is and i learned by pure pure accident by saying just yelling the name jesus christ Mm -hmm. just snap and just go away so that's So what I would do is uh, I would sleep with the Bible under my bed and I would just keep repeating his name. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then that's the way I would go to sleep. But it's like, I felt like I was being attacked. And I was three years old. I remember running to my mom's room. I, I told her, it's like, the devil's after me, the devil's after me. Um, like, even when I closed my eyes, like I could feel like he's after me or whatever. I, I, I could feel the presence of four spirits, one in each corner of the room in the top in like the top of the corners and uh it's almost like i was being watched or whatever so i'd always want to go try and go to my mom's room but i, I had to sleep with the bible underneath my pillow um and i had to keep repeating his name like in a mantra and rebuking them and all that but they they wouldn't leave they would stay there but they they knew they couldn't go any further right i don't know if we're just more spiritually inclined than other people um i don't I don't know what it is. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? I really, I really don't. I've, I've wondered my whole life. But I ran from it for so long until I had no choice but to wake up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can only, you, you have to get to a point where you have to face, you have to face music. And so I got to that point. Um, it's sad that it took so much, <laughs> you know, right. I just, the, all that stuff. And it took me watching, uh, having the premonition dream where I had the dream. It was a recurring dream. I had it several times. And then after the house burnt down, I have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I had it probably, probably had it five, six times. I was, I called it night terrors because I, I'd hate to go to sleep. So then I started getting insomnia because I was like, when you keep having this dream and you know, when you go to sleep, you could possibly go into this, this other world, this, this lucid dream where you have no control over it. You can't wake yourself up. Um, you know, I tried even in the dream, I pinched myself. I, I, I wouldn't wake up <clears throat> and uh, you just, you had to finish the mission in the dream and then you would wake up almost every time I'd wake up at the same, the same part. And so um I don't know. It's, it's strange. I've, I've tried to figure it out and that's, I've learned to just take it as it is. Yeah. You know, that's really happens, just try to break it down, see what the meaning of it is. You know? I'm going to run this one by you because I've talked about it. So I apologize to my guests that have heard this one before, but I've talked about it on a few other podcasts. And uh, so this was, I used to be an English teacher before I quit doing that and doing what I do now working on uh with cars and stuff like that but uh so this was the night before i had to turn in my portfolio to like graduate and everything and i was up till like four o'clock in the morning working on everything and i finished put the last page in and i just put my head on the pillow and i was just out it was like four or four ten in the morning and i was put into this just wild lucid dream where i was just running through the woods just running through the woods and just leaping in the air and just like flying through the air. It was, it was insane. So I'm running, leaping. And on the very last jump, <clears throat> I hit, I hit my head on the sky and it felt like, like a dome. I hit my head. I snapped and I woke up in a room, a completely white room with like windows everywhere. I was sitting on a white couch, white sheets and everything. And when I woke up, this woman came in wearing all white kind of like a nurse but not not like a nurse's outfit just like a white blouse and everything and she's like oh good you're awake and I'm like where am I you know I'm, I'm talking to her I can feel everything and she's like you were in a car accident and I'm like no I wasn't I was dreaming like I remembered the dream and she's like no 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 you're in a terrible car accident you've been here for a couple days what you know you, you're finally waking up now and I was like, no, no, that I, I, I knew I, I was like, I was working on my schoolwork and then I was in this dream and now she's like, no, no, no. And I was like starting to get up and I was like, I got to get out of here. And as soon as I started to like get off the couch, she's like, no, 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 you can't leave. And I was like, no, I'm leaving. And the more I resisted, her face started morphing and it started like subtle, like just weird changes. And then by the end of it, the best way I can describe it is, have you seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah. So it looked like one of those orcs and like mm-hmm. kind of like Darth Maul and one of those orcs mixed together. Darth Maul from Star Wars. So it's, and, almost, it's almost like the angel of light. They're, they're nice when you're doing what they say, but the second that you stop, 
then they, their real demeanor starts to show. And that's that's how I felt. Side. I was like, I was seeing the true colors. I don't know if she could see that I could see it in this thing, but by the end, by the time I was off the couch, her face had completely morphed. The voice changed completely. It was this deep, like, you're not leaving, you know, like, and mm -hmm. I, I just ran. I ran towards the door and then I snapped and I, I wound up in a conference room this time. I'm sitting at a table really? and there's. So let me understand. So you're asleep, you're waking up, but you're still asleep. And then mm -hmm. you wake up again. So there's different layers to the dream. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's like inception. Yeah, it was bizarre because I, I had had lucid dreams forever. You know, I could deal with them, but this was a just a weird lucid dream where I'm jumping through the air. And now all of a sudden I'm in this room and someone's telling me I can't leave. And as I'm resisting, her face is morphing. And as I go to run away, I just snap, boom. And now I'm sitting in a conference room. And as soon as my consciousness snaps on, they're handing me a, a, a clipboard to sign. And they're saying, like, I can't read what's on the top. All I can see is sign here. And there's like 10 or 12, I call them generic businessmen or generic politicians, just faces that I couldn't tell you who they were, but they looked familiar, just very generic faces. And they're all wearing like black and white suits. And they're all sitting around the table, like waiting for me to sign this piece of paper. <clears throat> and I'm like right about to sign. And that's when my consciousness snapped in. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not signing this. And they're like, what do you mean you're not signing this? They're like, you know, we, every, we've been working on this deal, whatever it's, everything's in the works. We just have to sign. It's ready to go. And I'm like, I don't even know what, like, I'm not signing this piece of paper. And then the same thing started happening where the more I resisted, all their faces started to morph and they looked just like the woman's face did. The only mm -hmm. difference was all of these, uh, I'm going to call them demons. They all had like paint on their faces, like across their eyes and like symbols and stuff all over their faces, but they're all different colors. So like one had red, one had turquoise, one was orange, one was silver, and they all morphed into this. And as soon as they like morphed and I was like, no, I'm not signing. And I like pushed away from the table and then boom, I snapped. I was in my bed in full sleep paralysis. I couldn't move. And I was stuck there what? for about three minutes. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like spiritual. Um, it's not like a possession, but it's like you're under attack, like a spiritual attack. Mm -hmm. They were trying to confuse you. That's why you were in dream after dream. So that you would wake up thinking you're awake. That's what I was talking about with Inception. I've actually talked about this. That's what um, I believe that they're wanting to do with us with the metaverse is they want to get to a point where it's so real. You'll you'll think you're getting out of the metaverse, but you're still asleep in it. So therefore, they can then start putting stuff into your life and you'll believe it because you think you're awake. Right. Um, you won't have the spiritual discernment, especially if they remove the God gene from you by changing your DNA with these jabs. Mm -hmm. So what I think personally is they were playing, they were playing you. They wanted you to sign this documents, uh, pretty much like giving yourself over. And that's why you couldn't read it because it was deception. And, um, if you were to sign it, then you could literally be accidentally signing, signing, signing them the key to your soul to where they could just enter your body that's yeah. what i think that's that's a very huge poss possibility is what it sounds like to me yeah and i've you know i uh, it took me a long time to talk about that with people because 
and then the first person I told, they were like, dude, that's just a nightmare. Shut up. Yeah. You know, that's a weird dream. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. With the black and white, um, the coming coming as a trickery. I mean, that sounds like the angels of light coming to deceive you. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you were to sign that, there's no telling what could have happened. You could have been spiritually possessed. I mean, right. that they have to have permission to enter you. They can't just come in. So they have to have permission. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's wild, bro. Yeah, that's so that, that happened in 2013. That was at my parents' house, the house I was telling you about that just mm-hmm. had bad energy there. And so, I, I mean, I've talked to a couple of different people. New York Patriot had thinks that the colors on their faces might've represented like different branches on the Kabbalah tree of life or something like that. But it's just bizarre. But all I know was in that dream or in that state, my gut was like on fire. Like, do not sign that paper. Whatever you do, even if they Mm -hmm. kill you, do not sign that paper, you know? And no, no, that, that, yeah, that sounds like spiritual, a spiritual attack, honestly. And it's wow. so weird because I was. What, what did it feel like? Like uh, when you woke up, what did it feel like? Do you have a? Do you have? You said you were talking about a burning sensation when you were dreaming. When you woke up, did you still have that burning sensation? I was sweating. I um, I couldn't move. So after I got out of the sleep paralysis, I felt completely hungover, and it's I didn't drink. Too. I didn't drink anything. Like the worst hangover you can imagine. Um, my stomach felt sick. Like I had puke, but I didn't puke. I didn't drink anything the night before. I didn't smoke anything the night before. Um, and the weird thing too, like you kind of said, I fell asleep at like four o'clock, four ten in the morning, give or take. And when I woke up, it was like five something, maybe five 30. So I was not asleep that long. And the amount yeah. of time that took place in these dreams, you know what I mean? It, it was, oh, no, exactly. I, I, the, it's funny that the reason I'm asking this question is because I'm also, I'm engaging myself as well. So mm-hmm. whenever I go into these lucid dreams, I, I, I'm asleep for a very short time, usually, mm-hmm. um, or very, very short. I'm talking about five minutes. Sometimes it feels like maybe 30 minutes, but I feel like I've been in the dream for like a full eight hours. And I look at the clock yeah. and I'm like, what the hell? Like, um, I'm thinking I slept the entire day and it's already the next day or whatever. And it's like, every, uh, my, like the one dream, my girl's like, we're maybe asleep for five minutes. Like, did you even go to sleep? You know what I'm saying? But I felt I felt spiritually exhausted. You know what I mean? Like I just mm-hmm. I felt um I felt like I slept for hours, but yet I felt spiritually exhausted, if that makes yeah. sense. Like um I don't know, but I felt completely rested. That was the strange part about it. I felt completely rested. That's why I said how long was I asleep? Because I felt like I slept for hours, you know what I mean? Right. And um and that's yeah, the thing. I, 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 and I felt different. When I came to it, it's almost like um, hazy, almost yeah. when I came back, like a very hazy feeling, but but wide awake. Yeah, that's uh, it's very similar. You know, I was wide awake, obviously, because I was in the sleep paralysis, and then that finally wore off. But as soon as that wore off, then it's like the adrenaline kicks in, and you're just like, I get up, and I'm like looking around, trying to figure out what time it is, what happened, and yeah, I mean, a couple people have said different things, like, because I was in a very liberal art pro like teaching program, I was one of two guys out of a class of like 13 people, I did not agree with any of the BS they were teaching us to teach. And I the teachers didn't like me, you know what I mean? Like the, the professors did not like that I didn't like the ideology they were pushing. And uh, they kind of 
did everything in their power to critique every single lesson plan I made, everything like that. And it's, <clears throat> I think it was Ron from New England said like, maybe it was one of them, you know, kind of putting some bad energy towards you or who knows, man. I mean, we have spirits all around us and that's where people, they, they, uh, they, they assume that when I say like all this stuff's happening around the world, first thing someone like my mom, who's super asleep would say is how are they all working together? How would China be working with Russia? How would all these things, well, how do you think the new world order is going to happen? They're going to be under a spiritual attack. So therefore they're all working together in a spiritual level. So we're spiritual beings. So there's a spiritual side and a physical side. So when someone's, when, when some people are like, well, how come all these people could be choosing the same symbols and that they don't, doesn't mean that. But I'm like, you don't understand. Those thoughts are being put inside their head because they have a spiritual attachment that is right. putting those thoughts in their head. Just like Venom, just like uh, the, 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 the uh, movie, the, the new one the, with the computer chip, the upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, they, have, they have something inside of them that's pushing them that way. It doesn't mean they know that they're doing or that they're even doing it on purpose. I'm not saying all these people are evil around the world. Hell, some of them probably think they're doing good. That's why we're not supposed to do divination is because whatever's telling us to do these things could be the spirits, you know, the, the evil spirits. Hold on a second. My girl keeps following me, man. I got to go, bro. All right. You want to wrap it up here real quick? Yeah, man. Let's wrap it up real quick. All right. And that's the show, folks. I really hope you enjoyed it. Like I said in the intro, you know, we did have to cut this one a little short, but uh, I'm definitely going to have Mr. Colorado Dank back on so we can dive more into uh, dreams and lucid dreaming specifically and some other paranormal experiences and things of that nature. But yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Definitely go follow him at, on Instagram at Colorado underscore Dank 99. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode, guys, and you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to go on to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You know, those five-star reviews really, you know, boost us up in, I don't know what it does, but it it's, takes like a minute and it can really help this show grow. And uh, yeah, it's uh, just really grateful for everyone who listens. So if you enjoyed the show, leave a review and share it. That's another great way, you know, for small shows like this. Just share them, you know, on social media. Share them with your friends. Send them to people. Uh, that's how you can get more guests on and grow this little show to make it much bigger. <laughs> Again, thank you, everyone who listens. I really do appreciate every single one of you. And uh, send me your stories, guys. I love hearing them. Even if you don't want to be on the show, send me your stories. Um, because I, I truly believe we've all had some type of paranormal experience that we really can't explain. And when we normalize the paranormal, that's how we can kind of get through that stuff and make sense of the world we live in. Because it goes much deeper than we could ever really imagine. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.